All right, well, who had an amazing time at the Harvest Carnival? They did. Look at that. Woo! We were warned not to bring hay bales into the sanctuary, but we didn't listen, so. Because there were young people, right? And we're like, we can do whatever we want. We're young and we don't care. And then we clogged all the vacuum cleaners and go, now we care, right? Now we care. <laughs> yeah, we had a fantastic time. So I just wanted to say thank you guys so much. It was, it was amazing. We had a great abundance of candy. I mean, we still have totes totes of candy. Uh, so if you'd like any, please visit the Welcome Center. We will send your kids full of them. And uh, that's probably what's happening in the classrooms today. They're, all the kids are laying down. We're just dumping candy down their throats. So <laughs> excited to get them when church is done. Uh, yeah. So yeah, wheelbarrows, wheelbarrows full of candy. I was really, I was blown away by the amount of games, the cakes, the, you know, the gifts, the volunteers. Uh, it was amazing to see how many really non-church people came and, oh, I like that one. She's, she's pretty cool. Look at them. Yeah. Cute, cute little kids, of course. Yeah. Who, who knows who they belong to? Uh, there, was, there was a bunch of non, non-church people who came in here who had visited the church for the first time. It was really fun. It was really exciting. Uh, some of the people that are here today are here because we invited them. So I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for coming and not just testing out our Harvest Carnival, but now testing out uh, church to see how it feels. So thank you for coming. So from, from up here, from uh, the pulpit, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you as to our church for serving, for loving our community. We didn't want anything in return but just to give back to the community that we love. So thank you, church, for, for showing up and serving and we were out of here by about 9 p.m., so it did happen, just like I said, so you can trust me, it worked, it happened. Okay, uh, so we're going to start our series, uh, it's a four-week series, uh, I have this really cool graphics, look at that, uh, brought right from 1970s, so it's a great <laughs> week for graphics, it's on giving thanks, right, and giving thanks seems like an odd gift, right? Like if our parents, when we were kids, uh, you know, on, on Christmas, Christmas Day, I don't know what your family tradition are. Uh, my family tradition, we'd open one present on Christmas Eve, and then we would open uh, a majority of our presents on Christmas Day, and then whatever the big present was would normally come later in the day. And I can only imagine what that would have looked like if my parents were like, we gave you thanks this year. So thank you. Yeah, that's what we gave you for Christmas. Um, so, you know, right, I'd ask my friends, hey, Timmy, what did you get? And he'd be like, I got a new bike. And wow, what about you, Jacob? He's like, I got an Xbox. I'd be like, no way, that's so cool. Brian, what did you get? And I said, well, my mom said that she appreciated the way I did the dishes and gave me a hug. So that was, <laughs> she gave thanks. It was, a, it was a good Christmas, best Christmas ever. It's a strange concept, right? It's a strange concept to give Thanks. And yet we have an entire holiday dedicated to overeating and watching football. Oh, wait, no, sorry. I mean, giving thanks for what we have, right? We have an entire holiday just for that. And we celebrate Thanksgiving and being thankful for what we have by promptly going out and buying a bunch of stuff that we don't need uh, because that's, it's on sale. Uh, I'm so content and full of thanks that I just can't wait to go out and spend money on stuff I don't want or have. Okay, so uh, that's Thanksgiving in a nutshell. That's what we understand. But this isn't, this isn't a new concept, right? This, this idea of giving 
thinks. It's not something that we created, right? We may have created the, the holiday that we, that we call Thanksgiving here in America, but this, this concept of giving thanks is not something that is new. It's, it's very old, of course. So in the history of Israel, God did and said some amazing things that we have recorded in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, if you didn't know this, it, it just tells the story of God interacting with his people. Just tells the story of how did God interact with his people. And so the main passage that we're going to look at is from Joshua chapter 24. So if you're a person that likes to uh, read along with us, you know, we have uh, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. And so Judges, you know, before Judges, before Ruth, we have the book of Joshua. It's 24 chapters long, so we're looking at the last chapter today. And I always love if, you know, you have your phone or if you have your Bible with you to open up because I don't want anything that I say to be in opposition to what the Scripture says. So please check and make sure that I'm not just quoting from the book of Brian's opinions, but that we're actually looking at the Bible. Okay, so what we have here in this section, this is Joshua. He's retelling the story of what God did for them and asking them, the the leaders of the, the Israel people, to choose for themselves whether or not this God that they believe in is worth following and giving thanks to. It's a long passage, so buckle up. You guys ready? Okay, here it is. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel. So basically like all the leaders. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. So this is when he starts to tell the story. Long ago, your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates, Terah, the father of Abraham and of Nahor, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac. And to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. And I gave Esau the hill country of uh, Seir to possess. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. And I sent Moses and Aaron and I plagued Egypt with what I did in the midst of it. And afterward I brought you out. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt and you came to the sea. And the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. And when they cried to the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and made the sea come upon them and cover them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. And you lived in the wilderness a long time. Then I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived on the other side of the Jordan. They fought with you and I gave them into your hand and you took possession of their land. And I destroyed them before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and fought against Israel. And he sent and invited Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. I'm going to pause right there. Uh, that's from Numbers chapter 22. I, I want to see if I remember correctly. There's a talking donkey in that story. So go back and read that one. That's a cool one. Okay, uh, the son of Beor to curse you. If you thought it was Justin Shrek, you were wrong. Okay. <laughs> said, but I would not listen to Balaam. Indeed, he blessed you, so I delivered you out of his hand. And you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho. And the leaders of Jericho fought against you and also the Amorites, the, Pez, uh, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, uh, the, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And I gave them into your hand. 
That's why you, that's why you, you let me do the, the talking up here. That's some fun names. Okay. <laughs> and I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out before you, the two kings of the Amorites. It was not by your sword or by your bow. I gave you a land on which you had not labored and cities which you had not built, and you dwell in them. You eat the fruit of the vineyards and olive orchards that you did not plant. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods, for it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery, who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went. And among all the peoples through whom uh, we passed, and the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land, therefore we also will serve the Lord for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods. Then he will turn and do harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. He said, then put away the foreign gods that are among, among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. Okay, Joshua's whole speech, it can be summed up by saying, look what God did for you. Look what God did for you. Why would we serve anyone else? Remember when God chose Abraham and blessed him with offspring and then brought him to a new land. Then remember when God saved us from the slavery in Egypt. And remember how he performed the 10 plagues. Then, then he spread open the Red Sea so we could walk on dry land. Remember when God helped us conquer all the people groups who inhabited our land and continues to protect us even today. Do you want to serve that God? That's the question he's asking. Remember all these things that God did for us. Do you want to serve him? And sure, it was easy for Joshua and the Israelites to remember because they were, they were there. They saw it happen. That's what it says, right? They, they saw God do all these things. They were there. They saw it happen. They couldn't deny that it happened because they were there. They saw the Red Sea part. They saw the plagues. They saw the amazing miracles that God performed in the wilderness. Of course they could believe. They saw it happen. Unfortunately, though, without a leader to remind them of the goodness of God, their faithfulness only lasted one generation. Do you know the next book after Joshua? Hmm. Yeah. 
which is why it is so important for us to tell the stories of what God has done. So that's what I'm going to do today. Randy and I had the pleasure of meeting with Merle and Grace Ely recently, and we just got to sit down and and hear their story, because their story is our story. Now, you you may not know this, but I'm a couple pastors deep in the history of Redwood Christian Church. Did you know that? (laughs) Not the first, and I pray that I won't be the last. But I was amazed to hear the faithfulness of some of our founding members. I also had the, the... Opportunity to have dinner with Ed and M. Snyder. I didn't see you. Are you guys, are you guys here today? Oh, that's right. He's preaching Gold Hill today. That's right. Okay. Uh, so we miss you, Ed. Do great there. Uh, also, uh, Eddie and, and Shirley Ownby. I got to meet with you guys at your place and just hear all of the stories. And what I heard from people was story after story of God's faithfulness in the history of this church. Story after story. Uh, so we have Merle and Grace uh, to thank, and the McCormicks, and, and so many others whose names are literally written in the walls of this church. Literally, there is a jar in that corner over there, right? There's a jar with their names in it. Their names are literally written in the walls in the history of this church. This church began as a Bible study of sorts. People were just... They, they realized that there was a need for uh, a Christian church in this area who was teaching sound doctrine. And so they prayed. They prayed for a pastor, and then they were blessed with one. They, they prayed for a, a Bible study that it would grow. They prayed for, for property, and I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, but Merle and Grace, uh, they, 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 were, they owned this property from, from what I understand, and there was a big mound of dirt in this corner right? And, and they were like, uh, well, we're not sure what we can do with this property, uh, but church wasn't high on their priority list when they got it. How many of you, if you owned a piece of land, your first thought is, we should put a church here? <laughs> that may be mine, but I'm kind of crazy, right? Yeah, we should put a church here. That'd be great. Uh, it was zoned as, as commercial, from my understanding, and they needed to get it rezoned in order to use it. Uh, so they had to meet, right, with the, from my understanding, this, this uh, random, you know, county assessor or something along those lines, and they met with a man, uh, from my, my understanding of the story, whose last name was Poole, uh, who told them Grant's Pass should have a church on every street corner. So Merle, he signed a loan. He was a part of the first $25,000, which was enough to get them the very concrete blocks uh, this sanctuary is now made up. If you didn't know, this was the first building that they, they made. There was no east wing. There was no west wing. There was no multi-purpose room. It was just one big sanctuary because that's what they needed. They had a couple men who owned and ran excavators. I don't know any. Maybe they're here. Uh, they, uh, they had... Uh, <laughs> Uh, they had men that knew how to wire electrical outlets and lights, kind of, and some plumbing experience. <laughs> and each evening, right, they'd go out and they would work their, their normal jobs. They would work their normal jobs, and every evening they would come and they would work on this church. Because they believed in this building, they believed in this space, they poured their hearts and souls into this place because they believed 
that Grant's past needed a Christian church who worshiped and served the Lord. So this is from Psalm 9.1. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. So building a church from nothing seemed impossible. Right, as we think about it now, how do you build a church from nothing? Seemed impossible, but they did it, and they did it together. They turned a Bible study and a dream into a full-fledged church, and it took a lot of faith and a lot of hard work. And I want to begin our series of giving thanks by saying thank you. Thank you to all those who came before us, who all those who gave everything and more, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And I, and I don't know all the stories yet, Karen and Eddie and Shirley, Merle and Grace and every one of you who have been here for years and some of you had parents who were here uh, you know, long before then. Some of you have been you know, 35, 40, 50, 55 years here and I want to say thank you. We would literally be nothing without you. So thank you. Psalm 26, 7, proclaiming thanksgiving aloud and telling all your wondrous deeds. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. Psalm 75, 1, O give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Psalm 105, 1, God did a mighty work through you, which we all now live in the fruit of your labor. For I pray, I pray, I pray that we will never forget what you all did. I pray that we will never forget what you all did, and how God has blessed us. I pray that our history books would never be rewritten. That we would never say, we did this, we pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps. It was your sacrifices, it was your work, uh, believing in what God could and would do here. So thank you. Thank you, uh, Lord, for doing the impossible and creating something from nothing, but that's what he does. Just as we learned last week, right, with the little kiddos, that's what God does. He makes something from nothing. Make something from nothing. So thank you for answering the prayers of your servants, Lord. Uh, we've seen some trying times in, in, the, in our recent history. We got lost a little bit, but we, we, we put our focus back on what we promised to become from the beginning. And now we are, are, are getting back to our roots. Unfortunately, we began to edit the story of how this church began in order to fit our narrative. And we began shifting away from the family that we were but that's not who we are. And unfortunately, we lost some of our family for a time, and some of them are still gone, which breaks my heart, but we're back on track. And know that if you're a family and you're listening online, we miss you, we love you, we want you back. But we understand why you left, and we miss you, but, and we love you regardless of where you are. So in spite of the fact that we went through some hard times, we can now rejoice in where we are. So give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We can give thanks in all circumstances because we know what we are thankful for. But we aren't just thankful for some inspiring sacrificial stories of our members, some of whom we lost to time, but we remember, we remember what God has done here. We remember that for the lives that have been changed, the baptisms, the individuals and families who chose to submit to Jesus inside these very walls, the countless stories of how God's faith led people to Jesus. 
is from Romans 6, 17. It says, but thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to standard of teaching to which you were committed. And then again from 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. For this reason, for this reason, those who came before us here at Redwood sacrificed their time, their money, and even their lives. Because they believed in the one true God who offers us victory through Jesus Christ. And now their story is our story. And I pray that each and every year we will pause in this season to take time and say thank you. But I also want to say thank you, God, that he did not leave us slaves to sin, but he led us to become slaves to righteousness. So thank you, Jesus, for dying for our sins that we may live with you for all eternity. Just as this church is literally nothing without those who came before, we as individuals, we are nothing without Jesus, and we cannot say thank you enough. This season is a great time to go back and to remember all the mighty works that others have done and all the mighty works that Jesus has done and will do. And we're going to spend some time here in November saying thank you. So we're going to remember our, our very far back history of when we started and how we started. We're also going to remember some recent history of how we got here. And then we're going to look at where we are now and then even where we're going. And we're going to give thanks in all circumstances. I have often wondered why the people of Israel, how, how could they fall away? They saw it. They saw what God did. They were there. And I often wonder, man, how, how do churches fall away? Well, it's, it's, it's twofold. One, we forget to tell the stories. It's like, yeah, Grandpa, I've heard it a thousand times. I know how the church was made, okay? Don't tell me again. So that's the other part is those of us who are now the next generation, we, we don't want to hear the stories. So we forget the stories because we don't hear them. So I pray that each and every year as we come to Thanksgiving, we prepare our hearts and our minds by telling the stories. My encouragement to you is if, if you're in, in this generation, maybe less than 40 years old, that you will take the time to intentionally ask your parents or grandparents if they're still alive, tell us, tell us the stories again. Tell us the stories of our family. How did we get here? So that you will not forget. And if you're in that grandparent or great-grandparent age, Call the kids, call the grandkids, call the great-grandkids. Tell them you love them and ask them if they know the stories. And I pray that even if they do, that they'll say no. No, I don't. Or maybe yes, I do, but can you tell me again? Keep telling the stories. Keep telling of God's faithfulness. Keep telling the stories of what Jesus has done for you. Never stop telling the stories. May they pass from generation to generation. May we not lose the next generation. May we keep telling the stories.
I'm going to call the worship team back up here. I know that uh, this isn't a very long message, but I wanted to give you guys the opportunity after we get out of church to tell your stories again. <laughs> we get to live. We're blessed in, in living in the time now where we can have maybe some preachers of old that were here, that they did some mighty things through the work of Jesus Christ in this church, and we can say thank you for their sacrifice. If you don't know the stories, ask. And if you do know the stories, tell them again. We cannot know where we're going until we know where we've been. And God has blessed this church time and time again. So today, we give thanks. We remember what God has done for us, and we share those stories in order to know what God will do for us in the future. If he did it then, he can do it now. Can I get an amen? amen. If he did it then, he can do it now. God grew the church through our faithfulness to him, and I believe that he will do it again. He's already doing it now. So listen to the stories so that we will have stories to tell to the next generation. Amen. So in this month of Thanksgiving, let us always look back and say, thank you, Jesus. All right, let's pray. So Father, we come to you today as a people that are, we're living literally in the building of miracles that you did. How many walls did you have to break down in order to put these four up? So God, we thank you. We recognize those who came before us, who sacrificed some, even those who sacrificed everything. But God, we are here in this building, in this place because of them. So thank you for those, uh, those men and women who did those mighty works. And thank you, God, for being so faithful to us to continue to allow us to use this space to preach what you have done. God, don't let us forget. Help us to remember each and every day who you are, what you've done for us. And all God's people said, amen. amen.